Warning, the content of the show is left-leaning and offers radical ideas, plus challenging the status quo. Accordingly, we ask you to remain calm and have an open mind. If not, there are other podcast shows that can speak to your conformity. Shut up and sit down. for downloading this episode of Firebrand. I'm your host, AJ. Um, with me is Mimi Stolstick, who is the presidential candidate for Socialist Party USA. Mimi, thank you for joining me. AJ, thank you for having me on. So I'm sure, I know you're being interviewed with a whole bunch of outlets. I know you are got interviewed by Vice. Um, you got interviewed by my friends Chris and Ryan with they're all that's left show. So I know you're gaining a lot of attraction with people with your campaign and everything. And so let me just get to the obvious question. Why are you running for president? Um, well, I think, you know, a while ago, uh, before the National Convention for the Socialist Party, I think the first question was, you know, does the party want to... Uh, run a presidential campaign. I mean, I think there are real questions, uh, you know, to, to ask, you know, in terms of what our capacity, our resources, and that kind of thing. And I also think, um, you know, we, we were thinking about, you know, if we were going to run a campaign, why not try sort of a different approach with it? So, you know, with the Socialist Party, which is, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a radical organization. I mean, you know, we seek revolution. Um, and as such, uh, you know, mainstream media is not really banging down our door on a daily basis to see what we're up to. And, of course, that changes a little bit during a general election. And it certainly um, it, it's a it's a um, it changes a lot with uh, the inclusion of Bernie Sanders into the, you know, the election. So why not use the many opportunities that we've gotten uh, to really uh, sort of spread the message about the bottom up approach? You know, folks. Um, you know, we don't believe that this is something, socialism is something that's, that can be or should be implemented from the top down. Uh, this is something that starts at the community level, um, is driven by the people. Um, so in expressing these messages, our hope was, is that as we talked about that, you know, sort of conveying that message, you know, don't look to a candidate or a campaign, you know, we, we need to look at ourselves and, uh, um, you know, we're the ones that are going to make the difference. And I, when I say we, I don't mean Angela or not, or I, but the people, you know. And as we put that message out there, the hope was is that folks would respond. Um, and as they responded, we were hopeful that uh, a few things. One, uh, for folks who've never been involved in this kind of work before, you know, radical politics, movement work, organizing, you know, a lot of folks have some fears about that. Um, so one of the things that we wanted to do was uh, to help in any way that we can to kind of calm those fears and to address those fears and uh, do whatever we can do to help people take that step forward. And we've been doing that. Um, in addition, you know, as folks contact us uh, and say, you know, I'm interested. I don't know where to go. Um, I don't know what to do. Uh, maybe we were, we were hoping we'd be able to kind of facilitate 
connecting them in their communities with sort of the the network of folks that uh, um, you know that we know that the folks who are working within the campaign know you're one of them AJ um, and that's what we've been doing it and I think it's just sort of shifting that focus from candidate uh, votes ballot access all that sort of shit um, uh, shifting that focus toward the people you know um, letting folks know that you know they have the power to make the kinds of changes that are gonna, uh, you know, deliver for the people. Um, you know, we don't have to play sort of nice with it here. Um, we don't have to make politically expedient choices. Um, we can say explicitly, and, and because it's the truth, that capitalism, it by design, it will fail for the people. Now we can we can say. And, and folks do say, you know, well, we need reforms, we need to green it, you know, whatever. Um, at, at the end of the day, you still have capitalism. And, uh, you know, so you're still going to have the racism, you know, the sexism, the bigotry, the imperialism, um, and, of course, you know, climate change. Um, and I think the science is really clear here that w we can't... Uh, a reformed or green capitalism, that's not the solution. That's not going to save the planet, you know. Um, we have to make that transition away from capitalism towards socialism uh, lickety-split, you know. So there's a real urgency here. Um, and this is just one other tool that we can use uh, to, to deliver that message, to help connect folks, to help with organizing work, and all that sort of thing. And um, Angelo and I had, you know, some lengthy discussions about this, about this approach. Um, we talk a lot with folks who work now within the campaign, um, folks who you know, and uh, I think, you know, we all kind of felt good about this approach. And uh, that, and uh, so far, it's 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 been tremendous. Uh, it's it, the support we've received so far has been really humbling, and I think we're all very grateful. I will know that. Um... I will be speaking with um, Angela Walker, who is the vice presidential candidate for Socialist Party USA. So look forward to that episode here on Firebrand on this podcast network. Yeah, Mimi, you were just talking about building something from below, you know, at the right. at the ground level. I know the socialist strategy that you and I adhere to is this democratic revolution from below. Mm -hmm. For those who don't really know what that means, what does that look like for you? How can someone do that from below? Because it just seems that when someone gets into activism or someone wants to get to community organizing, that they're involved with certain organizations that kind of have to, in my, in my view, give permission from certain institutions to do certain mm. things and stuff like that. Right. What does that democratic revolution from below look like for you? Well, the first thing I want to say, and um, I had a discussion with somebody yesterday about this. I don't want to um, imply with anything that I'm saying that any of this is easy because uh, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. Um, it is, I, I think, it, it is going to be uh, tremendously challenging. Um, now, having said that, sort of, you know, uh, prefacing what I'm going to say, uh, um, it's something to keep in mind, and it's a big piece to this. But I think that um, 
and, and I know you know some of this, AJ. Uh, I, I think we can plug into, we, let's say we identify a pressure point within the system, right? We identify that pressure point uh, with our community, with folks we're working with, we can discuss strategies to attack that, tra- that uh, pressure point. Um, and, you know, in doing so, and when we do that, you know, we strategic plan, we consider our capacity to do this, uh, we include sort of how we measure what our success is, we define what success is, of course. Um, but when we do that work, we also connect with other folks throughout the country who may be doing similar work. And if we can, we coordinate, we share information, um, we share strategies. Um, and I think that's how this works, you know. Uh, for instance, you know, here in Los Angeles, we do the work with the Stop LAPD Spine Coalition, you know, and it's very active, it's very direct. Um, and what we do is, you know, we meet with them at, um, every month. We do an organizer training with them every month. There's direct action every month. There's consistent um, review of what worked, what didn't work, how do we tailor strategy moving forward. There's sort of acute attention to what does the messaging look like, you know? And when we do that, I think you see this, AJ, is that we share that information with folks throughout the country within the Socialist Party um, and do whatever we can do to, to sort of um, <laughs> plug folks in who are interested in that kind of work in their communities uh, to share that information um, and hopefully help them attack similar pressure points in their community. That's just one thing, you know, that's just one focus, uh, you know, police surveillance, police brutality, etc. And I think if we start to pl- um, kind of tie all these projects together, um, who knows what's possible? It requires, you know, effort, a lot of dedication and commitment. And it, like I said, it, it's not easy. Um, and in many respects, I think it's a, you know, it's a privilege to be able to to do this sort of, you know, th- this sort of work. Um, but I also think that this this is essential if we are going to overthrow capitalism and transition into. Uh, you know, a socialist society. So, how do we do that? Because the one thing that has irritated me mm-hmm. for the last three months, and I've said this on my one podcast episode, and I've said it in many outlets, and I've said it on my Facebook and to people in their face. Right. What pisses me off the most. And let me preface by saying I like Sanders. I, if it wasn't for Sanders, I don't think I would have the kind of political philosophy that I subscribe to today. But what I really don't like is that when he calls himself a socialist, specifically a so- democratic socialist, but leaves out certain aspects of what that means. And for that, that means... Workers controlling the workplace, community residents controlling their community and everything, mm-hmm. not using taxes right. as a way to generate the kind of free education, health care that he wants and everything. And then you start seeing all these people who have various Sanders fam- Facebook pages and everything 
and putting memes out there like socialists are nothing but capitalists that do this. It's like, no. Right. So I guess when you have socialists like all of us uh-huh. and even certain certain social anarchists, uh-huh. how do you combat that kind of mentality when you, uh, you have a certain voter base that really feels that way? Sure. I, I think, you know, the first thing is, is that, you know, we have to be prepared um, to engage. And again, that doesn't, I, I don't mean to suggest that that's easy. You know, I, you see frequently, uh, well, you see every day and multiple times a day, <laughs> right. the frustration that folks on the, the left have in, uh, when they when they try to engage with, um, you know, Sanders supporters. You see a lot of folks mention that in many ways, this, it feels uh, not dissimilar from dealing with, um, uh, you know, the Republicans, you know, that there's, um, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. But I think that we have to be prepared to engage, um, be mindful of how, uh, we engage that, you know, one, we don't forsake our principles. We maintain our integrity, um, and we do the best we can to deliver the message in a way that we feel is, uh, um, you know, understandable. Um, we can try to be as like sort of warm and inclusive in delivering that message as we possibly can. Um, and you know, I think there are a few things like you mentioned, you like Sanders. I don't. And the reason why I don't is I have a difficulty essentially like liking somebody who supports war you know right um, and um to me you know we're, we're talking about murder you know of and course in that support for war you know the workers pay taxes those taxes finance murder you know um i, I have very strong feelings about that um now i can say that well with sanders running uh it's widened you know the discussion about uh, socialism, and I think more folks have an opportunity to openly discuss what this means. And I think this is the moment where us, AJ, you, uh, uh, all of us, um, need to be prepared to, to engage. And I think one way to, to um, that really to make some progress here is that to let folks know that you're receiving this message, um, this message about socialism. From you know someone who has uh, supported an uh, an apartheid state in Israel, mm-hmm. um, uh, who has voted to fund war, you know, and we as socialists do not see imperialism as part of any sort of um, you know responsible or rational socialist program, you know. Um, so I, I do think there are there there are these entry points where we can make progress. We can talk about and should talk about worker control over the means of production, community control, radical democracy, and all that sort of thing. Um, but I think you know all of us have to look at ourselves as essentially you know messengers of of you know these ideas. You know that that we are all playing very critical roles in how this all develops. So I welcome these opportunities um, and. You know, I always kind of a lot of I'm very self-critical, like you know, in looking at like what sort of success have I had? Um, 
what could I be doing better? You know, how is it that I'm saying something? You know, uh, within the campaign, we look a lot at, at our visually, like our messaging uh, from a, an aesthetic point of view. Does, does this look appealing? Is this going to draw somebody in? You know, um, so are we inspiring folks? Is this exciting? You know, um, so. I, maybe that answers your question to some extent. No, I know, I, and you're right. I mean, all those points you said is correct in that, you know, you have someone like Sanders who does side with imperialism and capitalism, and those are the aspects that I've always been sad about, that, sure. you know, you call yourself sure. a socialist, but you do all these things. You know, you vote for the war in Bosnia, you voted for these right. things and stuff like that. And those are the things I've been very, very critical of <clears throat> of Sanders over sure. time and everything. Sure. Having said that, name me someone else in the Senate and in the rep, representative side who's actually been outspoken on various issues and everything. And that's the one thing that I was attracted to early on with Sanders and everything. You know, I, I do. And AJ, I think that, and I, I know that I know that you know you're aware of this, but I think like part of what we can do. Um, is letting folks know that D.C. is not where the change is going to happen. Exactly. You know? And looking away from D.C. toward our communities, toward <clears throat> one another, you know, those relationships that we build with one another, that's where the change is going to happen. Um, and, you know, people have a lot more power than they might think they do, you know. And I, I always wonder, uh, you know, what can we do to help inspire folks, to support folks, um, to help empower them, you know? Um, do whatever we can do to help them take that step forward, you know? Um, and I know a lot of folks are doing a really great job with that sort of thing. But I think that's kind of one of the keys to this whole, you know, uh, the, the whole, I guess, uh, environment here. So tying into what you just said, and early on you mentioned about change and everything, how do we tie in the awesome work when you have people like in Milwaukee who are creating cooperatives in one little neighborhood? What do you do when you have people in South California who are trying to work with the farm workers down there? How do you tie that work in with the Imokali workers in Florida how do you tie it in that to the students in University of Southern Maine who are striking against the university system because they're going to be a for-profit institution? Sure. How do we do all that meta work and tie that into the kind of collective effort that we need to do? And I think a lot of this, it, it's, it starts with building relationships. And I think we are seeing this happen. You know, um, it's making those contacts, being will, contacts, being willing to have a relationship with folks that are doing you know this different work that you mentioned throughout the country, uh, being willing to listen to how they might be doing what they're doing, sharing that information, and then bringing it back to our communities, wherever we might be throughout the country, um, making sure that we have open lines of communication and a prepared dialogue. Um, like I said, we're seeing a lot of this already. I know AJ that you know you're you're on a lot of these communication threads where th this kind of stuff is happening throughout the country. But I think for, you know, folks who might be uh, curious about how all this works, how it can work, um, for the folks who are heavily involved in this work, there is a lot of information sharing. 
there is sort of a constant back and forth uh, in terms of um, sharing experiences, uh, sort of finding what works, what doesn't work. Um, in many cases within the U.S. left, which as we all know is very, uh, you know, fractured and uh, there is still some of the sectarian nonsense that goes around, it's being, you know, willing to share information between organizations, uh, being willing to listen and uh, to put our guards down for a minute and ask ourselves, how can we take a step forward, you know, together, support one another um, and while maintaining, you know, our, our identities within our organizations and all that sort of stuff, because, you know, there are some very real differences among these organizations, but we can work together on a lot of these projects. And um, so I think a lot of this starts with communication, with relationship building um, and uh, a, a willing to a willingness to uh, maintain a cooperative uh, uh, relationship. One of the things that, if anyone is very in tune to what's going on in our country, is that all these issues that we talk about, whether it's labor issues, educational issues, healthcare issues, economic issues, the environment, they're all are intersectional. All right. We cannot talk about the environment when we talk about racism. We can't talk about labor without talking about the LGBT community because they all are interrelated at yeah. some point in everything. Sure. Having said that, and I want to be a little bit critical for a moment here, there's an aspect, there's a book, I think it came out two if not three years ago now, by Michael Dawson. Mm -hmm. It's a book called Blacks In and Out of the Left. It's a great analysis of how the black community from essentially the 60s up until the 90s have really wove in and out of the left because they've been so disenfranchised by the left because they couldn't do anything. My point in all this is saying is I know certain people who are disenfranchised with other organizations on the left. Mm -hmm. They're doing good work and they are kind of migrate now as organizations form in their own organizations or they don't have a quote-unquote home for that. Right. Maybe your campaign is that part of the solution. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's an aspect. Maybe it's something else. What do you say when you have individuals as well as organizations that feel disenfranchised what is going on and mm -hmm. they can't move because of whatever reason? I can certainly understand why folks would feel disenfranchised. You know, there's been a lot of, uh, um, you know, duplicity and uh, backstabbing, and you know, it's a lot of bullshit that 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 has gone on and does go on. You know, uh, with some of the groups, um, you know, on the, on the U.S. left, it's understandable. Um, and I think that, um, you know, Angela and I and 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 you and the folks within the campaign, you know, we talk about. Uh, how important it is to treat folks uh, um, like we give a shit about them, you know, treat them as, as comrades, as, uh, as folks that we care about um, and that we, and, and folks that we, we want to work with, you know? Um, and I think that taking that sort of warm approach, being honest with folks, um, it goes a long way into making folks feel comfortable um, and establishing some trust 
you know, that, um, you know, we're not, we're not trying to manipulate folks, you know, this uh, question about, well, what are you doing with the Sanders campaign? You know, that, that comes up a bunch. And I, AJ, I think you were actually on um, a video conference that we had about this. You know, we're not trying to manipulate the Sanders campaign. We're not trying to steer the Sanders campaign. You know, we have a message we believe in. Um, we care about what that message looks and sounds like. And we believe, you know, like, as I said, we really believe in this message. Um, but, you know, folks, if that resonates with them, that's wonderful. And we hope it does. Uh, if it doesn't, okay, you know, uh, I think and I hope that folks get the feeling that we're not trying to manipulate them, you know. Um, there's not an ulterior motive. We're very direct and open about what this is about, you know. This is explicitly anti-capitalist. This is explicitly, um, you know, it, it, what we want to do is uh, make a real contribution to swiftening that revolutionary pace. Um, you know, we try to be as open and transparent as we possibly can. I think I would not do journalistic service if I don't ask you this question. This past weekend, Friday specifically, a bunch of students at the University of Illinois Chicago held a protest against Trump. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to speak towards the protest specifically. I want to talk about what I've been hearing this past weekend and today from Trump as well as from Fox News how they're throwing terms like you know all these Solinsky type folks these professional paid organizers things like that for me it irritates me because I know they're just spouting out you know shit but you know as someone like yourself who's also an activist and an organizer how does that resonate with you when you hear that kind of rhetoric from Trump who incites violence, who says things, oh, these are paid people, all that, and you have Fox News saying the same thing? What does that resonate with you? You know, the first thing is, AJ, you and I both know some of the folks who <laughs> were among the organizers for, uh, you know, last Friday, and they are certainly not paid organizers you know, um, you know that. <laughs> um, they're they're doing that because they want to. That they feel you know strongly about that. Uh, but they're not on somebody's payroll. That's you know that's convenient to say. Uh, um, you know the the truth of the matter is there are a ton of folks who have a very passionate response to what uh, you know Trump is putting out there. Um, and maybe that's uh, painful for you know Trump and Fox News to um, accept, but that's the truth. Um, and there are tons of folks out there who will uh, uh, readily respond free of charge. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, you know, tough luck Fox News, tough luck Donald Trump, and I think there's more of it coming. I mean, that's what irritates me the most when you have the right saying, you know, these are paid people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm going to give you one one hundredth of credit in saying there are certain organizations right. that do pay people to 
be there or bust them out or however payment looks like. Right. That's one one hundredth true. But for the majority, (laughs) they're not. They're not being paid. George Soros is not paying anybody. If so, I have 15 years of back pay that I need. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, and so in going to Trump, Yeah. I I mean, I'm not going to point in specifically. I just want you to kind of freestyle, if you were, um, your own thoughts on Trump as a candidate. <laughs> I mean, is that too much of a question for you? You know, <laughs> damn. Um, you know, it's like you want to laugh and you want to cry. You know, it's like you want to laugh because it is so incredibly ludicrous. You know, he is. Um, it, it, it's 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 baffling. You know, at the same time, when you see the number of folks. Um, you know, who are showing up to support the guy, you want to cry. Now, I can understand that folks have been, you know, so thoroughly disgusted with uh, the capitalist parties that, you know, they're, they, they, damn, you know, what do things have to, what do conditions have to be like for somebody like Trump uh, to, to seem or, you know, to appear as a viable candidate, you know? Um, however, his, you know, his message is, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's astounding. I think that we all know that, the, you know, this country is, uh, um, the racism in this country is, is, is pretty pervasive, you know? Um, and I think that he has given voice to, you know, that pervasive racism within the U.S. Uh, and empowered them, you know, uh, to feel like this is their time um and yeah that's dangerous uh and i think it does it 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 needs a response um but you know i have a lot of different feelings you know about this i I think it was so I, i think friday was just wonderful uh chicago and st louis um it's so amazing you know when you see folks uh step up and is really courageous and uh just just wonderful and it's inspiring as hell you know i think um when we see that sort of thing you know it it gives i think everybody sort of like an added boost of courage like well yeah i'm ready to take that step myself you know so I, i think that was i think that was wonderful do you feel that, and let's just say hypothetically, because I don't think it's going to be reality, a hypothetically uh-huh. Trump's president, uh-huh. do you feel the old battle between socialists and fascists are going to happen again? In other words, right. are, are we going to see the Spanish Civil War type of thing? Are we going to see socialists versus Nazis like we saw in Germany? Are we going to see that kind of battle coming back up again? I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be socialist because I don't know, you know, in the U.S. Now, there are a lot of folks now with the Sanders campaign who are saying, like, you know, I'm a democratic socialist. I don't know when um, I see them, you know, the explanation of what that means. I can't always tell that they're sh- that, 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 
you know, that, that they know exactly what that means. Um, so I don't know that a battle will be socialists against fascists, you know. Um, that doesn't mean that there weren't, that there won't be, and that there isn't um, a battle between, you know, uh, racism, bigotry, xenophobia, all that sort of thing, um, and, you know, the oppressed and the allies of the oppressed. I, I do think that that's, uh, you know, it's been happening and, and it's going to continue to happen and um, it, it, it's likely going to escalate. Um, I think now that, as I mentioned, it seems that Trump is sort of um, empowered and given voice to, you know, uh, sort of the racist U.S. And now that that's really been, you know, that, that spotlight is... Uh, you know, what's the phrase? Uh, sunlight is the best disinfectant. You know, oh, yeah. like, uh, you know, that in case anybody had any sort of, you know, uh, doubts as to whether the U.S., you know, was a racist country. Well, I think we know now that a good portion of the country, uh, damn, you know, they're, they're loud and proud. Um, so I don't think that this is something that's going to go away after you know, the general election, whether Trump is president or not, you know, this battle's going to continue. Um, so I hope that we can make progress on the socialist side of things, you know, um, and see an increase in the number of folks uh, who are turned on to um, the socialist idea. It's in my lifetime, as brief as it is, and I'm sure in your lifetime, you've probably see, you know, if there's been a Republican president or Republican governor or whoever, the left kind of coalesces around itself. And even though there's like infighting among the left, mm -hmm. they still coalesce to fight against certain oppressive measures and everything. Mm -hmm. And whereas if it's a Democrat, you know, it's kind of more infighting because, you know, oh, you're liberal, I'm radical, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think it's going to be much different under Trump because there are going to be so many pissed off liberals and radicals that liberals have to like coalesce around radicals and saying, okay, what do we do? Or is it going to be the same kind of battle that we've been having under Bush, senior and junior? I mean, I don't know. Who's to say that if Trump's not in office, you know, there's going to be a strong push by the Democrats uh, to. And, and perhaps strong support for um, Democrats to kind of, um, you know, regain their, uh, you know, their position. Um, so, you know, I think there probably will be a, 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 an element of, uh, you know, people who Trump may be inspire, uh, you know, further organization. It may swiften that pace and all that sort of thing. Um, but of course, the Democrats are going to, if he is elected president, um, you know, sort of push that message, see what happens um, if, you know, we're not on point and, uh, and if we don't have your support, this is what you get. Um, this is all, I, these are all reasons why, uh, you know, we, we put, we shift that focus to the people and attacking the system, you know. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's like we can't have this discussion um, without addressing the system, you know? 
Um, and when we look at capitalism as, as responsible for those problems in D.C., for climate change, you know, for oppression and all that sort of stuff, the rest of this stuff, in my opinion, it's somewhat diversionary, you know, um, and in some respects, it weakens the that left focus on attacking the system, you know, the system that gives birth to these other problems, you know. Uh, so, I I think that you know, for us, this is a moment to stay on point, to push hard, you know, and to be explicit um, in our in our message. So when we talk about the system and how capitalism is essentially the root of all the problems that we have when it comes to social justice, environmental justice, and economic justice and everything, the very things that we fight for, um, do you feel people are just concerned that if you do transition from capitalism into socialism or into anything else that they're just it's that uncharted territory and then once you take away something you're just kind of queasy about what's going to happen even though you know even though there may be light at the end of the tunnel maybe it's like okay it's not as bad as i thought or no this is bad (laughs) you know and i and, and i equate this to this brief story there's a guy long ago in northern minnesota who was a logger and all he did was fed all these black bears food, human food, Twinkies, pizza, bread, everything, right? Mm-hmm. Until one day he realized this is bad. <laughs> but, and, or, and so they created a sanctuary in northern Minnesota, which is still there today. The concern was if you take away the food and let the bears eat the natural organic food that's there... There's going to be this element of chaos because you took something away, which was the very condition that they were <clears throat> prone to and everything. So instead of the food that the logger gave them, they kind of implemented, you know, natural fruits, natural vegetables, natural nuts and berries and everything. So they kind of transitioned into that. And feeding the bear what the bear what a bear is supposed to eat. Exactly. So I guess, you know... What do we have to do? Because I feel like you have to spoon feed people that socialism isn't okay. And I think that's already been done by implementing cooperative businesses, by introducing some other things. But is there anything else to do so it won't be as queasy for people to transition from capitalism to socialism? I mean, I, I think it's okay, uh, and I think we can acknowledge uh, that, you know, um, when something looks different, um, and it's, you know, something that we haven't seen before, that there's, you know, that there's going to be, you know, this feelings of uncertainty. We're human, you know? Um, and I think that's a natural response. Um, but as we sort of go through that together, um, I think that at one of the things that's at the forefront for us is uh, the message of support that, look, we're going to work through this together, you know, um, we're going to work in solidarity, acknowledging that we're going to have fears, you know, and, and that it, it may be scary, you know. However, what we have now 
and what we've had uh, for so much of the rest of the world and, and for so many in this country has been death, murder, you know, um, hunger. It, it's, it's already been a nightmare for them, you know. So I think by and large what we're talking about is like for a, a lot of folks of privilege that, uh, you know, there's that fear that I'm, I'm going to lose my comfort, you know. And, uh, and, and my security. Uh, well, m- most of the rest of the world, they haven't had comfort and security. Um, so I think, folks, this is a time to be, you know, realistic and sort of um, honest about privilege and, and, and comfort and security. Um, but like I said, having said that, of course, transitioning to something that we have not seen um, you know, is, is going to be, uh, um, you know, frightening. Uh, but we're going to work on it together. You know, we're going to support each other uh, and we're going to pick another up as we fall, you know. Um, but we all have, you know, value. We all have something that we bring to this, you know. Um, and I find that when folks for the first time get involved in uh, working groups like this, and they find that their voice is valued and considered, um, it becomes difficult to return back to sort of, you know, the hierarchical, oppressive, you know, uh, um, institutions that, that, you know, so heavily dictate our lives. Um, I think that what we'll find is that as people and more and more folks participate in this kind of movement, you know, this move towards socialism, um, that while initially it may be a bit intimidating uh, to be in a situation where folks are counting on your voice and that your voice is respected and considered, um, you know, initially that's, I was intimidated, you know, um, but after you get, you know, spend a little time in it, then you realize how good that feels, you know? So I think that can help to ease some of that, you know, that tension and stress that folks might feel as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. I mean, I knew of socialism and communism and anarchism and everything. But where I lived, it was one of those things that you just don't talk about. Because Uh those are the philosophies of Stalin. Those are the philosophies of what Ho Chi Minh did in Vietnam. These are the philosophies that China's doing right now. And so I wasn't really taught as much in high school and everything. I get to a college and seeing there's all these books. And I started reading to understand fully what these philosophies were and everything. And then that theory was, okay, how do you turn theory into practice? And then you start seeing things like the Zapatistas. You know, I was aware of them in the 90s, but didn't really fully understand who they were. And then it was the Zapatistas. And then, you know, I was in in the punk DIY scene. And I was like, oh, I guess this is kind of socialist anarchists in their own way. This is kind of cool. And then all this kind of blossomed into where I'm at now. But how do you, even though my experience is different from your experience, from your partner Lynn's experience, Angel's experience, for those who... Sure, I'll say it, ignorant of that philosophy. Uh-huh. And you kind of introduce it. I'm like, well, this is what it is. How do you 
and I say spoon feed because I guess you kind of have to do that. How do you spoon feed people like, try it? I mean, it's not that bad, you know. I mean, it may have a bitter taste to it, but the swallow is pretty good. Um, how do you, you know, introduce people like something that they're really not um, familiar with, especially they've never been educated on it at all for whatever reason? Right. We don't learn much about this in our um, high schools and, uh, you know, perhaps, a little, you know, maybe a little bit more um, at university. But, uh, you know, it's, it, this sort of thing is generally not part of, you know, the wider curriculum, you know. Um, I think a lot of this can be helped and improved and is helped and improved by the relationships we build with uh, friends, uh, co-workers, community members, our neighbors, you know, family members and all that sort of stuff. You know, these messages are, I think they resonate a bit, uh, uh, a little bit better um, when, you know, the folks that you're, that, who are on the receiving end, um, that they trust you, that they have some faith in you, that they believe in you, you know. Um, I, I don't like to be, uh, feel like I'm being sold, you know, bullshit. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, if somebody's delivering a message to me, you know, I'm human, and if I um, have developed a relationship with that person, uh, it's going to be a bit easier for me to sort of accept, you know, and, and to consider. So I think that how we approach others plays a big role in, uh, you know, what sort of success we'll have in the delivery of that message. I understand that, you know, that time is of the essence, and we all only have a limited amount of time, um, And uh, but I think... As more and more folks come in, you know, that collective burden eases that much more, you know. We have, you know, new messengers, you know. We have new folks on board uh, to help build those relationships, you know. So I think, you know, by and large, this is just about being human, you know, being considerate, being caring. Mimi, how can people find your campaign? Um, what can they do if they want to get involved um, what information do you have for that? So you can go right to the website, which is www.rev is in victory 16, the number is 16.us. You can email us directly from the website. Uh, we have a Facebook page, um, Twitter, uh, all of which have, there are links to all those on the website. Um, I can tell anybody that when folks contact us, uh, you know, folks send us direct messages. Uh, through Facebook, through Twitter, uh, they send us emails um, that we do, you know, our best to respond quickly um, and to give, you know, personal attention to, to everybody that we can. Um, and also that if folks contact us, you know, interested in how can they get involved in their communities, that we're going to do our best to, to help them out and, you know, to sort of facilitate that process. I want to end this, and I want to, and you're going to be the, the first person to do this. I want to try to end every interview by doing this little fun thing. Okay. Um, series of simple questions, and just want your first thoughts on them, okay? Sure. What is your favorite emotion? Favorite emotion? Oh, love. What's your least favorite emotion? Um, anxiety 
Your favorite curse word? Fuck. What's your favorite word? Revolution. <laughs> What's beautiful in your mind? Oh, my wife, my cats, <laughs> um, my comrades, my family. What makes you uneasy? Uneasy would be shit money. If you had to change an aspect of your life, what would that be? Or what would you want to do in your life? If I change an aspect of my life, um, I'm not the I'm not the healthiest eater. Um, I, I would like to be able to um, I don't know uh, control my eating a little bit more. And what is your last words for our listeners? Um, I just, you know, want to say to everybody who's been supporting the campaign, thank you so much. Um, we are incredibly grateful. Uh, and to those who are curious about socialism and uh, radical politics and sort of the revolutionary movement, um, I encourage you highly to reach out and, um, you know, that I think you're going to find a lot of folks uh, with, uh, you know, open arms and who are going to be incredibly happy and grateful that you've taken that step forward. So, um, you know, solidarity to all. Mimi, thank you for um, joining me on this podcast episode. Thank you for having me on, AJ. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this um, episode of Firebrand. Hopefully you are you download this and other future episodes. All you got to do is go to your Android, go to Google Play, and just download the podcast and Radio Addict app, and you can upload all of those episodes on this podcast network. If you have the iPhone, just click on the podcast app itself and just search for Firebrand and find us on this podcast network as well. So... Thank you for listening. Get out there. Join the revolution. Be in solidarity. See you on the other side, ladies and gentlemen.